0: Chapter Twenty-Eight of the Spanish Brothers by Deborah Alcock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Twenty-Eight: Reaping the Whirlwind. All is lost except a little life, Byron. Nearly a fortnight had passed away before a tiny lace kerchief fluttering at nightfall through the jealous grating of one of the few windows of don manuel's house that looked toward the street told juan that he was at liberty to seek admission the next day he was permitted to enter but he explored the patio and all the adjacent corridors and rooms without seeing the face of which he was in search he did not indeed meet any not even a domestic for it was the eve of the feast of the ascension and nearly all the household had gone to see the great tabernacle carried in state to the cathedral and set up there In preparation for the solemnities of the following day, he thought this a good opportunity for satisfying his longing to visit the apartment his brother had been wont to occupy. In spite of what his uncle had said to the contrary, and indeed of the dictates of his own reason, he could not relinquish the hope that something which belonged to him, perhaps even some word or line traced by his hand, might reward his careful search. He ascended the stairs, not stealthily or as if ashamed of his errand, for no one had the right to forbid him. He reached the turret without meeting anyone, but had hardly placed his foot upon the stair that led to its upper apartment, when a voice called out, not very loudly, Gianva. It was Gonsalvo's. Juan answered,
1: It is I, Don Juan.
0: Come to me for heaven's sake. A private interview with the madman is not generally thought particularly desirable, but Juan was a stranger to fear. He entered the room immediately, and was horror-stricken at the change in his cousin's appearance. A tangled mass of black hair mingled with his beard and fell neglected over the pillow, while large, wild, melancholy eyes lit up the pallor of his wasted face. He lay, or rather reclined, on a couch, half-covered by an embroidered quilt, but wearing a loose doublet, very carelessly thrown on. Of late, the cousins had been far from friendly. Still, Juan, from compassion, stretched out his hand, but Gonsalvo would not touch it. "'Did you know all?' he said
2: you would stab me where I lie, and thus make an end at once of the most miserable life under
0: God's heaven.
1: I fear you are very ill, my cousin,
0: said Juan kindly, for he thought Gonsalvo's words the offspring of his wandering fancy. From the waist downwards
2: I am dead. It is God's hand, and he is just.
1: Does your physician give hope of your recovery from the seizure?
0: With something like his old short bitter laugh, Gonsalvo answered, I have no physician.
1: This must be one of his delusions.
0: That one,
1: or else, since he cannot have Losada, he has refused with his usual obstinacy to see anyone else.
0: He said aloud,
1: That is not right, cousin Don Gonsalvo. You ought not to neglect lawful means of cure. Senor Sylvester Areto is a very skillful physician. You might safely place yourself in his hands.
2: Only there is one slight objection
0: my father and my brothers would not permit me to see him. Juan was in no doubt how to regard this statement, but hoping to extract from him some additional information respecting his brother, he turned the conversation.
1: When did this malady seize you?
0: He asked.
2: Close the door gently, and I will tell you all. And, oh, tread softly, lest my mother, who lies asleep in the room beneath, worn out with watching, should wake and separate us. Then must I bear my guilt and my anguish unconfessed to the grave. Juan obeyed and took a seat beside his cousin's couch. Sit where I can see your face, said Gonsalvo. I will not shrink even from that. Don Juan, I am your brother's murderer. Juan started, and his color changed rapidly.
1: If I did not think that you were mad—
2: I am no more mad than you are, Gonsalvo interrupted. I was mad, indeed, but that terrible night, when God smote my body, I regained my reason. I see all things clearly now. Too
0: late.
1: Am I to understand, then—
0: Said Juan, rising from his seat and speaking in measured tones, though his eye was like a tiger's.
1: Am I to understand that you, you denounced my brother? If so, thank God that you are lying helpless there.
2: I am not quite so vile a thing as that. I did not intend to harm a hair on his head, but I detained him here to his ruin. He had the means of escape provided, and but for me would have been in safety ere the alguazils came.
1: Well, for both of us, your guilt has no greater. Still, you cannot expect me, just yet, to forgive you.
0: I expect no forgiveness from man, said Gonsalvo, who perhaps disdained to plead in his own exculpation the generous words of Carlos. Juan had by this time changed his tone toward his cousin and assumed his perfect sanity. Though, engrossed by the thought of his brother, he was quite unconscious of the mental process by which he arrived at this conclusion. He asked,
1: But why did you detain him? How did you come to know at all of this intended flight?
2: He had a safe asylum provided for him by some friend, I know not whom,' said Gonsalvo, in reply. "'He was going forth at midnight to seek it. At the same hour I also,' for a moment he hesitated, but went quickly on, "'was going forth, to plunge a dagger in my enemy's heart. We met face to face, and each confided his errand to the other. He sought, by argument and entreaty, to move me from a purpose which seemed to him a great crime.' but ere our debate was ended god laid his hand in judgment upon me and whilst don carlos lingered speaking words of comfort brave and kind though vain the alguazils came and he was taken
0: juan listened in gloomy silence
1: did he leave no message not one word for me
0: he asked at last in a low voice yes one
2: word filled with wonder at the calmness with which he met his terrible fate i cried out as they led him from the room. Vaya con Dios, Don Carlos, a braver man than you have I never seen. With one long, mournful
0: look that haunts me still, he said, Tell Ruy. Strong man as he was, Don Juan Alvarez bowed his head and wept. They were the first tears the great sorrow had wrung from him, almost the first that he ever remembered shedding. Gonzalo saw no shame in them. Weep on, he said.
2: Weep on, and thank God that thy tears are for sorrow
0: only. "'Not for remorse.' Hoarse and heavy sobs shook the strong frame. "'For some time they were the only sounds that broke the stillness. "'At length, Gonsalvo said slowly,
2: "'He gave me something to keep, "'which in right should belong to thee.'
0: "'Juan looked up. "'Gonsalvo half-raised himself and drew a cushion from beneath his head. First, he took off its outer cover of fine Holland. "'Then he inserted his hand into an opening "'that seemed like an accidental rip, "'and not without some trouble drew out a small volume.' juan seized it eagerly well did he know his brother's spanish testament take it said gonsalvo
2: but remember it is a dangerous treasure
1: perhaps you are not sorry to part with it
2: i deserve that you should say so answered gonsalvo with unwonted gentleness but the truth is he added with a wan, sickly smile nothing can part me from it now for i have learned almost every word of it by heart
1: how could you in so short a time accomplish such a task
2: asked juan in surprise Easily enough. I was alone long hours of the day when I could read, and in the silent, sleepless nights I could recall and repeat what I read during the day. But for that I should be in truth what they call me, mad.
1: Then you love it in words.
0: I fear them. Cai Consalva, with strange energy, flinging out his wasted arm over the counterpane. They are words of life, words of fire. They are,
2: to the church's words, the priest's threatenings the priest's pardons, what your limbs, throbbing with healthy, vigorous life, are to mine. Cold, dead, impotent—oh, what the living champion, steeled from head to heel, the Toledo blade in his strong right hand, is to the painted son Cristoforo on the cathedral door, because I dare to say so much, my father pretends to think me mad, lest, wrecked as I am, in mind and body, I should find one terrible consolation— That of flinging the truth for once in the face of the scribes and Pharisees, and then suffering for it, like Don Carlos. He was silent
0: from exhaustion and lay with closed eyes and death-like countenance. After a long pause he resumed in a low, weak voice. Some words are good, perhaps. There was San
2: Pablo, who was a blasphemer, an injurious.
1: Don Gonsalvo, my brother once said he would give his right hand that you shared his faith.
2: Oh, did he? A quick flush overspread the wan face. But hark! I step on the stairs. My mother's.
1: I am neither afraid nor ashamed to be found here,
2: said Don Juan. My poor mother! She has shown me more tenderness of late than I deserve at her hands.
0: Do not let us involve her in trouble. Juan greeted his aunt with due courtesy, and even attempted some words of condolence upon his cousin's illness. But he saw that the poor lady was terribly disconcerted, and indeed frightened by his presence there, and not without cause, since mischief— even to bloodshed, might have followed had Don Manuel or either of his sons found Juan in communication with Gonsalvo. She conjured him to go, adding, by way of inducement, Doña Beatriz is taking the air in the garden.
1: Availing myself of your gracious permission, Signora my aunt, I shall offer her my homage there, and so I kiss your feet. Adios, Don Gonsalvo.
0: Adios, my cousin. Doña Caterina followed him out of the room. He is not sane she whispered anxiously laying her hand on his arm he is out of his mind you perceive it clearly don juan
1: certainly i shall not dispute it senora
0: juan answered prudently chapter
1: twenty eight